And in these chapters, Isaiah is talking about a time where the, 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 the faithful vine, which was called Israel, had been cut back and cut back. And in Isaiah 60, you begin to read about the way that God wants this cut back vine that's experienced the strictness to experience the kindness of God as it begins to flourish and grow again. So next slide, please. Um, Isaiah chapter 60, five different things I want to draw your attention to. Firstly, light shining in darkness. Secondly, exiles returning. Three, thirdly, the nation being rebuilt, security being assured, and the glory and peace of righteousness. So let's look at those one by one. Number one, Isaiah 60, verse 1. The aspiration of Isaiah 58, the one that I said that we had at our wedding, the aspiration is that the people of God's covenant will act like a light, like a beacon, that that nations around will look at Jerusalem, raised up on the hills, and say, gosh, there's something glorious about that community. There is something really rather lovely. We're attracted to whatever it is about them that we see. And Isaiah 58, the the people are being encouraged to say, we we know that you're religious. You fast and you give and you pray. But Isaiah 58 says, the thing we've noticed is that the way you live doesn't match up with how you pray. So, so, So get rid of the oppression. Get rid of the pointing finger. And and instead, choose a fast where you feed the hungry, where you release the oppressed, where where you clothe those who are in poverty, where, where people will look at you as a people and say, the kindness of God is seen in the life and the light of their community. Because in that day, darkness was a reality. The people had been scattered through foreign oppression. And darkness is always a reality. In the time of Jesus, it was the Roman occupation. And now, for the people of Ukraine, it is again the sense that people have been scattered around the world, around the, um, around the continent. But but Isaiah is wanting to say, in the end, light is always stronger than darkness. And Jesus said the same, didn't he? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, or understood it in some translations. But darkness cannot stand in the face of light. So let light shine out of darkness. God arises over you, so arise people of God, people of Israel, people of Muswell Hill. Next slide. Isaiah 60, verse 4, talks about exiles returning. And again, you know, the national, international scene helps me to get my head around what this must have looked like. Chapter, uh, verse 4, it says this. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar. Your daughters are carried on the hip. You will look and be radiant. Makes you think about uh, the father in the picture of the prodigal son, doesn't it? Standing at the gate, rejoicing that his son is coming home. 
Jerusalem, your, your sons and daughters returning to you. As I look at Ukraine and I think of these men that are currently fighting and thinking, I, I, I bet they long for the day when they can put down their arms and welcome the sons and daughters back to their nation. What a day of celebration and of joy this will be. And that's the joy that is anticipated in, in this vision for Jerusalem in this chapter. Next slide, please. Not only will the exiles return, but as they return, they'll come with the resources to rebuild. The devastation that we live in the middle of will be transformed because God will bring resources and skills and people to rebuild, to reestablish, to set up homes and businesses and so on again. And it's powerful, isn't it, seeing these pictures of, of cities that have been absolutely devastated. Nobody thought that warfare would be fought like this again. And imagine the joy there would be for some cornerstones to be reestablished and places to be rebuilt. Rebuilding. The nation rebuilt. Next slide, please. And security assured. Your gates, in verse 11 it says, your gates will always stand open. They will never be shut day or night. They will never be shut day or night. And my neighbor recently had a, a robbery take place at night. And I know that at the moment he's really kind of nervous at night time. And, and he goes around and checks all the locks and locks it up again and makes sure and then he checks again. And then he might check again. You know, having your security breached brings that sense of nervousness around security. And what a day it would be for the people of Ukraine if they were able to say, we could leave our gates open, our doors open, because we have a restored sense of safety and security within our own land. That was the vision that was given to Israel. As the light shines upon you, your security will be restored. And then finally, the last of those slides. The glory and the peace of righteousness will be upon you. The glory of peace and righteousness. Um, uh, in one commentator calls, calls these the heavenly twins. Um, Isaiah 54. Um, but Psalm 85 says this. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. There's something about a land that is defined by peace and by righteous leadership that enables it to flourish. And God is saying, I want to give back to you, Jerusalem, the security that comes from having a, a priorities leading you into peace, into shalom, and into selfless governance. That's my aim for you that you would be led in that way. I will make peace your governor and righteousness your ruler, it says in verse 15. 17, sorry. In Romans 14, we read, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness and peace Two things to pray for Ukraine. So let me just offer you 
a little outline of prayer for Ukraine just as we go into the last section. And maybe we can pray this together. Let's pray Isaiah 60 for a land facing some similar challenges. Let's pray. Lord, as we pray for the nation of Ukraine, the land and the contested land within its boundaries, we pray that your light would shine in the darkness, that soon there will come a day when exiles return and families are united. May the nation be rebuilt and may safety be restored in both the hearts and the homes of its residents. And we pray for the glory of peace and righteousness to replace the stain of warfare and of evil. Amen. But what today can we pray for ourselves? This next slide shows what CPAS is praying uh, at the moment. Uh, we pray for every church to be a pathway to faith. Um, when I'm involved in interviewing vicars at the moment, I, I ask them that question. How will you make sure that people who are searching for Jesus will find him in the life of your community? Also praying that every leader would be a catalyst in evangelism. Um, that this will be something we hold each other to. It's the Great Commission. Every Christian a courageous witness. And every child a chance to explore Jesus. But what can we pray for ourselves for today in the light of Isaiah 60? You can actually you can switch, switch the slides off now. Let me just make some suggestions. Number one, what would it look like for you to know that the light of Jesus Christ I am the light of the world, Jesus said. What would it look like for the light of Jesus Christ to rise again in your life? What would it look like for you to, uh, as, as Mark was preaching last week, to trade with the light of the world, the darkness that's within? Not to say, Lord, you know, look at me, I'm full of light, but we know we're not. We know that there's light and shade in us, but Lord... I, I give to you the dark places of my life. And I ask you as the risen Lord Jesus to shine your light, banish the darkness, come and restore peace and righteousness and joy in the Holy Ghost. Maybe today's a day to pray for the light to shine. Maybe secondly, it's a day to do the same as the people in Isaiah 60 who lifted up their eyes in order to see what God was doing. Lord, help me to see. What are you doing in this time? I want to just give you one clue as to what I think God is doing. If you look at Hebrews chapter 12, there's a, a little section that talks about Jerusalem as the unshakable. And it talks about um, uh, Mount um, Sinai as the place of, of shaking. And it says this, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, 
Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and worship God with reverence and awe. We, we live in a time that is very shaky, don't we? We're not, still not sure where the pandemic's going. We don't know what's happening with the war and how it's affecting supply chains, poverty, food. We don't know how it'll affect the markets. All the things that we're tempted to put our security in have the potential to shake. And Jesus, the light of the world, says to you and to me, since you are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, worship God. Maybe today's a day for praying, praying for the light to shine, or maybe it's a time to pray that we might know the security and the strength of the kingdom of God that's founded on Jesus, same yesterday, today, and forever. That rock, build your house upon the rock, not the sand. So many things we put our trust in, but today... Lord Jesus, may it be true that as I trust in you, as I seek first your kingdom, the rest is provided. And finally, may it be today that we pray that the Lord would be an everlasting light to our nation, that sorrow would end and righteousness and peace would possess the land. I'm not wanting to make any political statements here, but we're, we're into a leadership contest, aren't we? Because the nation has been making judgments about righteousness, selflessness, selfishness, motivations, and all the rest of it. And it's fascinating to see all the politicians saying, you know, vote for me because I'm going to be true and just. You can trust my words. I'll be selfless and all the rest of it. Well, that's a good debate for us to be having publicly, isn't it, at this time? And may it be that as we, as we pray for the nation, we might pray for ourselves, where we have influence over others, that our influence would be defined by righteousness and peace, the heavenly twins, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, I pray for myself and I pray for my brothers and sisters here at this time of real um, fascination and insecurity. Lord, we, we ask, Lord Jesus, as the sun shines brightly today, it, it's easier for us to imagine what it might be like for the light of Jesus to shine upon our lives. Would you banish the shadows and the darkness? Would you help us, Lord Jesus, as the people of Isaiah, to lift our eyes and see what it is that you are doing in our nation? And as we see everything that appears shakeable and insecure, may we be those with feet on rock, embracing the unshakable kingdom and therefore being defined in our homes and our places of work by righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. May your blessing enable us to see the goodness of God 
And may your blessing enable us to build communities that reflect your light. And may the spirit that inspired Isaiah fill our hearts with righteousness and